Ah, good morning, everybody. Still three slouches one final time. Jackson Rowbottom's back in studio with us as well. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in a, well, a week, a date we've been counting down on the calendar for some time. Here we are. It's upon us. And I guess we could say it's moving day, Brian. It's not quite. We're just about to moving day. Round two is still wrapping up. We're at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club for the Compliance Solutions Championship where, well, what do you think? Kind of kind of neat to see a place that you've played so much and and uh, and been here so often transformed into this tournament environment. Well, first of all, if you're a golf fan and you're not coming out here today or tomorrow, ask yourself why not. I mean, the Corn Ferry Tour allows you a great opportunity to get up and close to guys that have been on the PGA Tour before and guys that are going to be on the PGA Tour next year. Top 30 are going to be on the Tour. Plus, there's pretty good Oklahoma flair in this, you know, both OU, XOU, XOSU golfers, as well as just native folks from Oklahoma. you got Ren Gibson made the cut, who was one of our guests about three four weeks ago. Yes, yes, yes. One of the best guys we've ever talked to on, on this show. Couldn't be nicer. And you're right, Josh, the Jimmy and the staff out here and what they have done for this golf course it is in fantastic shape. And guess what we've had? Day one, two new course records. Day two, another new record. Yes. So nine under fired yesterday. I mean, and, unbelievable. By two guys, we had eight under, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because this course is 7550 or something like, you know, it's over 7,500 yards from where they're playing it, which is, you know, ridiculously long. And you got two guys just go out and throw up nine under. You know, uh, Davis Chatfield and Ricky Castillo. Yeah. In uh, what I'm assuming were wraparound rounds, we had play suspended yesterday in uh, in the afternoon, and then we resumed what 4:15 or so. Yeah, we had a few hour delay. We had uh, you know rain and obviously a lot of you know really atrocious wind. It knocked us yeah. off the air and and. Uh, you know, obviously, when there's lightning within 10 miles, you know, everybody gets off the course. There's no 30 minutes you suspension. Don't, yeah, you don't play around with lightning with golf clubs. You get off the course, folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chatfield and Castillo, the the pair of nine under 63s yesterday into today, the uh, leaders, there's three of them. Chatfield is one. That's Davis Chatfield. And Tim Whiting, the Sweden, and Alan Wagner, 64-68 for Wagner. So that's the those are the leaders. Bunch of uh, names right in the mix, though, at 11 and 10 and 9 under par. And as you were pointing out to me, you know, day one we had some low, low scores from some folks, and then day two we had some, uh, you know, not as low scores from said folks from day one, and then some other characters uh, submitting their name into the ring with some low scores. So it's uh, there hasn't been anybody that's, just shot 64-64 back-to-back. So I guess what I'm saying is you make the cut, you got a chance this weekend. No, you're right. You know, one of our, our 64s day one goes even par day two. This golf course can bite you. And I would say if you went early, late tee times, you probably had the best of the weather. And we're expecting some uh, increased winds this afternoon which uh put That's a little more be, right? flavor into this golf course you put a 20 mile an hour wind on this thing it can get dicey you know right now these guys are just taking advantage of the greens being softer from the rain and they're just throwing darts and, yes. and, and, and the greens are so smooth i mean 
it, you know, you just get your ball online, it's going in. Scorable conditions, yeah, with the, the rain yesterday for sure had to soften things up. Jackson, good morning. Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Glad to be back in the studio. I uh, had to take a little hiatus from the show for a little bit. Got sick uh, two weeks ago and had to do some stuff for, for my other career going on, sign a, sign a little bit of paperwork and uh, so that that kept me from the show, but happy to be back watching a lot of the golf, and I missed the U.S. Open week with you guys, which was sad. Um, but I'm happy to be here with everybody for the compliance solution of well, uh, travelers and and everything. is it, It's good to be back in here. You know, Jackson, we got your pick on the air. You know, when you said you took Max Homa, um, so that was an excellent pick you had. <laughs> oh yeah, mi- miscut. I, um, I will, I will stand, I will stand by it. But man, I have never been so wrong on a pick. It's bound to happen to everybody, though. I, well, I will, I will bite the proverbial bullet on Max Homa that week. You talked me into it too, and I have a, <laughs> I had a, a, a pool of golfers. We draft five, and I've drafted him as my fifth. And boy, I was like. Really? You got the course record and can't make the cut. Be honest. Well, how much did you lose on that pool? I'm just curious. Oh, it's just a friendly lunch wager. Okay. But it's, it's with a longhorn. Oh. And so it's exceptionally painful when Tough I have to, to buy him lunch. Oh, yeah. yeah not, I'm sorry, not man. Good. And he's already called, by the way, trying to line said lunch up. <laughs> hey, just so you know, you do owe me this lunch. So if you know, like any restaurant that's got some food that's might be just okay. outdated or a day or two, we can we can fix this Longhorn. I'll yeah, tell you I, what. Well, we I'll tell you what. I'll name right. drop some restaurants off the air. I won't call anybody out for the public yeah. here. Yeah, no, no that's we that's, don't want to do that. That's good, and obviously uh, all in good fun. Well, that that segues us in the the U.S. Open champion. Uh, you know, Wyndham Clark has has won recently before this thing, but. I don't think anybody. I mean, nobody had Wyndham Clark coming into this thing. And even as we sat, you know, for moving day and and talked about it, that was sort of the name uh, that was right there. But I don't think anybody even then was necessarily taking Wyndham Clark to go win the thing with names like Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler was playing great and Scotty Scheffler was right there lurking. And even uh, Cam Smith was, was, hey, within shouting distance, Finau. So, but, hey. What, what did you guys? Uh, well, what did you make first, Brian, of Wyndham Clark winning the U.S. Open? Well, we sat here last week. Well, not here at Jimmy, but we were in studio last week and said, ah, "I don't think Wyndham Clark's going to get it done." Well, I'm eating crow, Wyndham. Great job. Um, and he is an ex-OSU player for a bit, and then he went out to Oregon and uh, probably had the better part of his career at Oregon. But uh, you know, the guy's a great young player. And he got across, like you said, Josh, the threshold of not winning about two months before. And he won uh, in Charlotte, I believe. And then he comes out and, and just really played well. And, out, and I, I dare say outplayed Rory. I mean, made fewer mistakes. But, uh, Jackson, I'll let you give your analysis. But I want you to weigh in on, did Rory – play too conservative and just essentially choke it off i'm not gonna say he choked because he did he definitely played conservatively but not to the point where i think he choked he didn't go out and win it Wyndham took it but i'm not gonna say that rory was necessarily in the wrong for playing the way he did because sunday was playing difficult i mean it just was he was he was playing the way i think he ought to have played it but Wyndham just went out there and played the round of his life i mean when your putter is working for one 
your putter is working. Wyndham Clark had a fantastic final round of golf. Ricky Fowler kind of aided a little bit. I'm not good. He he got a couple of bad breaks on Sunday that were compounded by a few mental errors, but it, it was good to see Ricky back in the mix. But Rory McIlroy, I think he's coming into some major form again. I'm not gonna say he's in it for. Don't do it. I'm Don't not, do it. I'm not gonna say he's gonna win a major this year. I'm not gonna say it, but I am gonna say. He is starting to get comfortable because also, if you pay attention to last week of the U.S. Open, he stayed a bit more in his lane. He wasn't as active in the media as he has been in previous tournaments. He was still active to a point, but he focused more on his golf game, which I think was a, a good spot for him to be in. I think if he keeps going that way and he keeps minding his business and he keeps going about his business, he, he, he'll be there. He'll be there for the Open. I'm not going to say he's ready to win, but Wyndham Clark, just put on an absolute clinic all week long at Los, at Los Angeles, man. I, I truly believe that. Well, there's so much to dissect from it. I, I thought one of the positives for Rory was he he didn't seem to, and this is worth a debate, maybe he could have been or should have been more aggressive in spots, but I didn't feel like he made the risk-altering decision in, uh, in the U.S. Open like we've seen in in past major championships so that part i thought was a step forward for him but obviously to get there and to not get it done uh you know when you've waited nine years to get there and get it done again there's going to be some questions that come with that Wyndham clark uh incredible performance for him to withstand the nerves of the weekend and how about the two putt i you know from 60 feet on 18 uh, i, I mean, mean that that's showing some moxie right well, fantastic and, and tidied it right up there to where it's a tap-in. Yeah, it would have been interesting, guys, to see had he left it like three and a half, four feet. Sure. Would he have been able to make it to avoid that playoff? That would have been interesting. Well, and I think Rory wins if it gets into a playoff. Wyndham needed to win it right then and there. I agree. And uh, sure enough, we did, he did. But that was kind of the story of a lot of the final two days. The, the, the tournament-altering shot was the approach for Clark into 18 on Saturday, Saturday to, to, yeah. to close Saturday. Yes. The approach that he had to make birdie there totally, and in Ricky's three-putt, I thought on Saturday was was very, very important for how the tournament ultimately shook out. But Wyndham Clark had a couple of moments he could have folded. He did not. Instead, on 18 on moving day, he makes that closing birdie to get into the final grouping and then uh, just was steady enough. I mean, there were moments where – Jackson, it could have really gotten sideways on him on Sunday. A couple of the bogey holes that looked like maybe it was going to be double, or even if it went horribly, horribly wrong, that it was going to be triple. And he was able to limit damage and then in other spots make pars where he needed to make pars. I mean, you're right. I mean, there was so much good golf being played. And, I've, man, I was so happy to see Ricky Fowler playing as well as he was. It was so good to until see Sunday, that. Anyways. Until, until Sunday, absolutely. You but, know what? You know what happened to him on Sunday. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's that god awful orange outfit he wore. Yeah, that's what happened. Orange? Are you saying, hey, Ricky, get some crimson. You will do better. What does Tiger wear when he was winning on Sunday? Sunday? Red. Red. It. <laughs> let's let's. That's been the staple of Ricky Fowler for years. We'll give him that. He's he's a proud Oklahoma rep. Can, let's leave it at that. We'll we'll give I'm him a little sure bit Puma of love. I'm not sure Puma even makes anything crimson. I think Ricky's banned it. <laughs> I think so. I think he may have. Alas, Ricky Fowler. Let's. I mean, 
His story going into the U.S. Open after round number one, alternate into Brookline, didn't get to even tee it up. Started, I, I think he fell at one point to 182nd in the world. He comes into this U.S. Open and he drops a 62. One of three 62s ever in majors. Xander Shoffley getting the other one at that exact same major. I mean, how much does that speak to Ricky Fowler's game and what he's been able to do, turn it around? I mean, Brian, am, am I am I misreading it? Or, I mean, Ricky Fowler's coming into his own right here, right? Well, I think he's playing way better. I've got to see it sustained for a longer period of time, at least in the majors, because we expect a guy of Ricky Fowler's caliber to win events. But... Or contend. Got, or contend. But we certainly need to see him do something in the majors. That's 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 from good to great, right? That's the line of demarcation. Good to great. And this is a step a back. Major. And I felt like, Josh, you nailed it. He lost all of his momentum on that three putt on Saturday. And you could yes. almost see it in his body language when he got off to a slow start on Sunday. It's like, oh, here we go again. Here's that old, old bad form come back in. Yeah. And... You know, he didn't hit it. His irons, he was fine off the tee for the most part, but his iron play was horrific. I know. I mean, it was like a five handicap. I mean, he was missing greens from the middle of the fairway all day long. Yeah, well, let's hear from the key figures that were. Hey, congrats to Wyndham Clark. I thought that he withstood the pressures and the rigors of being in that spot. Certainly. But I didn't think anybody in either of the final two pairings played worth a lick. I know that the course played tough and on and on and on. To me, Wyndham Clark played just a little bit not as bad as everybody else. I don't I, – Wyndham Clark, I guess, went and took the tournament, but I didn't really feel that way. I felt like he didn't lose – the tournament. Josh, I think you're right. I felt like it was a matter of somebody not losing the tournament instead of somebody coming up and grabbing it. I mean, Scheffler made a little run, and then he fell back a little towards the end. I mean, he thought like, okay, he's within one. Here we go. You know, and then Cam Smith was making everything, and he was a couple of back. But Which there were birdies out there. Cam yes. Smith showed us that. So let's take an opening timeout. We're hanging out. Jimmy Austin, OU Golf Club, for the Compliance Solutions Championship where the uh, the leaders, there's three of them, Tim Whiting, Alan Wagner, and Davis Chatfield, they are 12 under par. Round three, we're told 10.30 is uh, when round three will get underway. Hey, let's tell everybody how to get tickets. CompliancesolutionChampionship.com. There's plenty of tickets available. Get out here and see some great golf. And there's plenty of golf left because round three is just getting going. That's so. right. And it's it's not even ridiculously hot today. No, so it feels no excuses, good. folks. No excuses. Feels good. Bring bring the umbrella if you need to, and uh, that'll be a little extra shade for you. It's but. not raining. Come on. <laughs> That's right. There's, uh, hey, there's cool zones by Norman Regional on the course. So why would you not come out? You and don't see need a an umbrella. Golf? There's cool zones. And Jimmy Austin, uh, if only to be a part of Jimmy Austin like this, to see this, is really, really cool. So, yeah. And there's all kinds of types of tickets available still, right? Yeah, there's you don't general have to. Admission. I think you can get into the tent still where you get food and beverage. Hospitality. Hospitality tickets. So, and who knows, there might even be some inside the rope ticket available. Indeed. A lot of options. Bottom line is uh, the same. And very affordable. Out. Very affordable. We'll do a break. It's the Gimme Zone just underway, talking some U.S. Open as well. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Jackson Rowbottom is back in the studios as well as Connor Pasby taking an opening T.O. The Gimme Zone rolls on on the ref next. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. Hope the weekend is off to a great start for you. And we know how to make it even better. 
Come on out to the Compliance Solutions Championship. Compliance uh, Solutions, the title sponsor out here for the Corn Ferry Tour at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. There's still plenty of tickets available, and round three is just getting going. ComplianceSolutionsChampionship.com, where you can head to uh, get any of the types of ticketing that you might want, whether it's hospitality in the ropes or uh, the the general admission is uh, more than good enough, I would say, as well, Brian. But we're back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Jackson Rowbottom. We have a U.S. Open champion. Uh, No, it was not Scotty Scheffler. No, it was not John Rahm. No, it was not two of the names that were prominently featured going into the weekend. Not Ricky Fowler. Not Rory McIlroy. It was Wyndham Clark. And let's hear from Wyndham uh, immediately after he finished up his U.S. Open Championship one stroke better than Rory McIlroy. Um, you know, it's, it's now my second win um, on the PJ Tour. And <clears throat> first one was surreal, and this one's surreal. So, um, you know, it hasn't quite hit me yet. Walking up 18 was pretty emotional, and then finishing. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been a whirlwind of the last five, six weeks. It's been uh, I'm just so blessed and humbled to be here. Talk about your play today and just kind of your mindset throughout what was a you know stressful round. Yeah, I mean, I started off great and I felt really good and confident about um, my game. Um, you know, unfortunately, I bogeyed the second hole, but I felt like I rebounded well and birdied in the fourth. Um, and, you know, I got a little unlucky on, on hole eight, but I just felt like I bounced back and kept my emotions about me and um you know i hit some great shots coming down at the end and although i made a couple bogeys and it seemed like maybe uh the rails were coming off i was inside pretty uh pretty calm so um i'm, I'm really pleased with myself with how i perform yeah he again just when things looked like it could get sideways number eight was the the par five that he bogeyed that looked like that maybe was going to be double bogey at one point uh and you mentioned this to me brian 14 i think is the whole you're thinking of where he birdied but uh it was uh it was a par five and it looked like that might be a bogey from off the green instead it turns into a birdie and probably that's where the championship is won it was you know a lot of guys had real difficulty hitting it from where he was he had just a nasty lie in that in that deep rough and so it could have gone sideways in a hurry hit a unbelievable shot but anytime with that type of shot a lot of luck involved too and i think he'd be the first to tell you but i think that's where the tournament uh, really was secured and lost by the way for rory yeah. mcelroy jackson it very well could be it was it was it was i mean it was just gutsy what, what he wyndham clark i mean really did a good job of playing safely when he needed to but really taking the risk when he needed to as well and that shot was a perfect example of that i mean he snatched victory from the from the jaws of defeat simply on that shot alone into that par five. Rory McIlroy just didn't have a whole lot of that, and he was he was really lipping putts. He was in classic Rory form on the greens. Let's call it that. And Definitely on Sunday. Yeah, certainly on Sunday. He he wasn't putting horrible. He's just got nothing to fall, and that was really. I mean, that's been a lot of his story in majors over the past three four years. Was simply that level of putting he's just he's not he's not converting at all and that's something that Rory really has to overcome mentally if he wants to get really wants to get that next major win I think what do you think Brian 
Jackson, I think I think uh, his putting's way better than it has been the last certainly, few years. Certainly, yes. I think, I mean, clearly when you're lipping putts like that and just narrowly miss them, it's just your speed's off just the slightest of bits. And that is such a big deal. And, and you know, that the old saying, drive for show, putt for dough, I mean, it came true, right? Nobody hits it better off the tee than Rory. And then, uh, you know, Wyndham end up making just a few more putts. So with all of that being said, and, and I don't disagree, I mean, Rory feels like he's in a better place with the putter than we've seen him where there's those bizarre three putts from inside three feet. I mean, we've seen that from Rory McIlroy in the past, and we haven't – it doesn't feel like it, we've seen that this season. It's certainly not in the major championships. So that that's at least a step in the right direction. But 17 holes – for Rory after birdieing the par five opener without a birdie. And that sounds a little crazy for Rory McIlroy. I know Sunday was tough, but that, uh, what do you make of that, Jax? I mean, what what should we think from that? Did Does that lead you to say, okay, Rory choked the tournament or the, the putter failed? I mean, well, what do you make of him 17 final holes not making birdie? That sounds crazy for McIlroy. I think... I think he's in his head. I mean, that that's really what it is. And I, I think he's getting better about it. He didn't really go backwards. I think he shot, I think it was one over on the final day. Um, but, man, he's, he's really in his head. He said, I remember during the full swing documentary on Netflix, that he feels like he's trying to win his first major again. And we've talked about this before. You, you can't do that. I mean, Wyndham Clark said something incredibly interesting in one of his interviews, and that was he, he's trying to be cocky. And I find that to be very interesting. But I think Rory could use a little bit of that mentality. He's won four majors. He's got over 20 wins on the PGA Tour. How can you not step onto the golf course and feel like you own it? He, he doesn't play like he owns the golf course anymore, much to his detriment. And I think he didn't quite play as poorly with this major, but he's certainly not playing major championship golf. And he's certainly not attacking and showing people that he's trying to win a major. He's trying not to lose it, I feel like, is what's happening here, Josh. How about this? And correct me if I'm wrong, once, I think it's just the the recent Masters that Tiger won from behind, right? Going into the final round, or maybe he was tied going into that final round too, but I don't, Tiger was not someone that entered the final round trailing by three, four strokes and then went and won major championships. I don't even think, Really, he did it where he was one stroke back and then went and won a major championship for the most part on Sunday. He was, I'm going to set the pace, and then I'm not folding when given the opportunity to go win the thing. But that being said, Tiger Woods gets this opportunity, right, in his prime. Trailing by a stroke, Wyndham Clark winds up being the the true force you have to tangle with. Percentage chance that Tiger Woods wins that major championship? You'd, you'd have 100. to. Yeah, you'd have to be stupid <laughs> not to pick Tiger in that situation. Well, here's, I think Jackson kind of alluded to it a little bit. Rory doesn't really scare anybody. Tiger put fear in people. They're like, that guy, was he was always ahead. And the same with Nicholas back in the day. It's like, if he gets off to a good start, like, whoop, he's got another trophy. I think what happened was, I think Roar in his mind said, I'm going to play totally conservative on 18, uh, on the last 18 holes, and I expect Wyndham Clark to spit the bit. And Ricky, maybe, you yeah. felt the same way, oh, too. That's exactly, to, right? that's exactly what he was thinking. And, and so that's why I say he just didn't allow himself to reach up and grab it, because I think he 
somewhere in the back of his head is like, I'm going to get some criticism if I play aggressive and end up with a double bogey and lose by two. Well, I'll, I'll counter that by saying I'm, I would be more uh, impressed had he done that than the way he lost this one by basically playing not to lose it instead of playing to win it. Anytime you get a chance to win a tournament, let alone a major, you've got to do whatever it takes to, I'm going to go get it. Because you just have to assume the guys behind you are going to make a run and that the guys ahead of you are not going to fold. You have to beat par. And when you start trying to play every other person, with when there's more than one person that you're, you know, that you, unless you just separated the field, the two people, you end up losing it. You know, you have to play the course. You have to play to beat par. Well, and I think Jackson nailed it in the sense that that's why I brought up the Tiger comparison. Why, why wouldn't Rory think that he's better than Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler? Go beat those guys. You're better than them. You've got four major championships. Enough with the I haven't won in nine years. You, you are immensely more talented than both. Tiger had play one better round. Tiger hadn't won a major in eleven, and he came back from back surgery. And I mean that knee that knee surgery when he won in twenty nineteen, he had not won since two thousand eight a major. That is, he's Tiger Woods. He's Tiger Woods. He's not Rory McIlroy. I know he's Tiger Woods. Two different. I mean, Tiger Woods does things that aren't humanly possible, that, right? Absolutely, we all know that. But so. it leads to the point. It leads to the point. One of the best pieces of advice that I've received in my in my golf game is know your nature. In the fact that Rory is a very aggressive player when he's playing his best. When he yes. tries to back off, he starts to struggle again. And so think about his 2016 win at Eastlake when he won that tour championship. How aggressive and ballsy was he during that event compared to what he has been of late? Well, it's night and, and day. And, and I, would, I would say to that point, agreed, Rory doesn't care about the tour championship, so it allows him to go be that guy. Yeah. He cares about the majors. And so you see a different Rory McIlroy in said majors. Let, let's hear from McIlroy. Uh, what did Rory have to say afterwards? Let's uh, let's share a little bit of that, and then obviously we got to catch up on another break. But McIlroy, what happened in the final round? Rory, can you talk us through that final round today? Uh, yeah. Um, your golf course was playing. Um, you know, was playing really tricky, and, and obviously the you know the scores in the final few groups reflected that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't feel I. There was a couple of things that I probably would have done differently, but um, you know, all in all, I, I played a solid round of golf. I, um, you know, that one wedge shot on 14, missed birdie putt on eight. Um, Really, apart from that, I, I did everything else, the, you know, the way I wanted to. Um, but, yeah, fine, fine, fine margins at this at this level and, and at this tournament especially. And um, But, you know, I, I fought to the very end. I um, obviously never give up. And, you know, well, I'm getting closer. Um, you know, I, the, the more I keep myself in these positions, sooner or later it's going to happen for me. And... Um, just got to regroup and, and get focused for Hoy Lake in a few weeks' time. Okay, so a lot to break down and dissect there. Let's do it next. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. We're hanging out at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club for the Compliance Solutions Championship ATO, and we're back right here on the ref. ComplianceSolutionsChampionship.com. ComplianceSolutionsChampionship.com, where you can hop online 
and get tickets for round three, round four tomorrow. They're just starting right now. Just, just getting just getting going. You haven't uh, missed haven't missed a bunch because with the the weather yesterday, we did have a suspension of play, which means hey, we got a lot of golf today. And uh, so come on out. Come on out. Hospitality tickets, GA, Inside the Ropes, you name it, Compliance Solutions Championship.com, where the Corn Ferry Tour is right here. And uh, that's where we're hanging out, in Norman at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. The leaders, Tim Whiting, Alan Wagner, and Davis Chatfield, 12 under par. Let's see here. Going down the board, Ricky Castillo, Jimmy Stanger, Patrick Cover. They're all 11 under par. And the group at 10 under par, Wilson Furr. Patrick Flavin, Jake Knapp, and Ben Silverman, 10 under par. But as we said, just given the way the first couple of rounds have gone where it's been sort of one great round, maybe one okay round, feels like even our man Chris Goderup, who uh, made the cut, who knows, right, two great rounds, get back into the thick of this thing. It would take something Herculean. Yeah, you throw up a couple 65s, you're right there, a couple 66s. You know, you know the guys at the bottom are only seven back which puts you in play, but we prob- they probably need some wind because there's so many people between them and the leaders. Yeah. Hey, the leaders don't tee off for about two hours and 20 minutes. you got plenty of time to get out here. Yep, plenty of time to get out before the uh, leaders get rolling from, again, right here in Norman, Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club, the, uh, the first time of uh, a five-year contract here that we're hoping uh, turns into longer than that and just morphs into a great partnership for the Corn Ferry Tour right here in Oklahoma. The U.S. Open, we've been talking about it this morning. Wyndham Clark is your champion, Rory McIlroy. Again, a lot of the focus on why he didn't get to the finish line in another major championship. What did you make of some of the comments that Rory said? He said, uh, I did everything out here that I wanted to do today except for a couple of shots. Obviously, the wedge on 14 he didn't like. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned there was he should have waited 15 or 20 more seconds for the wind to die down. Uh, he said the gust uh, knocked it down, and remember it got the embedded lie and so on and so forth. He actually had a chance to make par there, but, again, another missed putt that uh, wound up being bogey. That was a birdie hole, and Wyndham Clark makes birdie on that hole. And for all Two shot just, swing. Right that, that's it. I mean, that's the championship on, on hole 14. But uh, Rory says, I did, for the most part, what I wanted to do today. I followed the attack plan. Well, Josh, every golfer has their own plan for each round in the course. You know, I can't imagine somebody like Tiger or Phil playing the course that passive, trying to come from behind and win. And, you know, I guess maybe we have to ask ourselves, could Wyndham Clark have stared down Rory in the same group on the last day and still won? Based on... Based on the way that, and, and now Ricky didn't press him. And if Ricky had played well, then, you know, you'd be even more confident in this. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to agree with you. Just and, because and, he, he didn't look like he didn't look like he was ever folding the, the whole weekend. No, because I know in golf, sometimes when you're playing with somebody that's struggling, it makes it harder for you to play well. Yeah, it's almost worse. So I really think he would have, especially if Roy had the same game plan. Jackson, do you feel any different? I, I don't. I think you both hit it right on the head. Wyndham Clark, I mean, he was he was just in the zone. Regardless, I mean, he could have been playing with 
anybody, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Speed, it wouldn't have mattered who he was playing with. He was in his zone. He was locked in. He was playing his brand of golf. And that's what you need to do to win tournaments, and especially majors, is you just have to be in tune with yourself. And like you said earlier in the show, Brian, I don't think anyone's really scared of Rory so much as there's just the, the shock and awe of meeting him. I mean, when you're playing with him, you play with him. I don't. He doesn't present golf the same way Tiger did. And, like, it's very difficult to say, and it's very difficult to speculate if he would have folded or not, but I don't think he would have. I think he's really in tune with his game, and I think his win at a U.S. Open solidifies himself as somebody who's really somebody to look out for in, in, in tournaments coming down the line. Well, we need to talk about that, too. What does this mean for Wyndham Clark? How do you feel about his prospects going forward? Obviously, he's a major champion now and has won twice this year with the Wells Fargo Championship, too. The other interesting thing that Rory said was, and I feel like we did this same song and dance at the Open Championship last year, did we not? But uh, Rory feels, and I think he said it at the U.S. Open, I mean, just all of last year, top tens at every single major last year now he's got two top tens at majors this year but zero wins for Rory McIlroy he says I'm getting closer Brian close closer is for horseshoes and hand grenades Josh come on you have to take it you've got to go out and seize it right some people will say oh I needed a little luck here or there hey luck's for people and a, a quote from one of my buddies for people that are afraid to seize the moment. Ah! <laughs> Jackson, what say you? Uh, is Rory getting closer? I mean, yes, with an asterisk next to it. I mean, Brian said it. This is a guy who doesn't need to rely on luck. Luck is welcomed in any regard. Granted, I will take luck over skill any day of the week, right? But skill has to be... Skill is entirely in your control. And the fact is, other people are outplaying Rory right now, which means his skill level is suffering. You you can't be getting closer. You just you you have to take it, like Brian said. Rory is getting closer technically. I mean, he's there, top tens, runner-up finish in a major. Yeah, he's getting there. But go out and win one, and then we can talk. And then we can talk about it. That's that's really what this is going to boil down to with Rory. Rory has to earn his place back at the winners' table again. It's as simple as that, Josh. We've got so many pieces of this U.S. Open I think we're, we still need to touch on, and we're just scratching the surface on. Uh, Brian and I were talking during the break. We want to hone in on this and think about this in this T.O. right here, Jackson. Biggest surprises, not, not from aside from Wyndham Clark, because, okay, hey, that's, that's too obvious. Low-hanging fruit. We all, hey, we're, we're surprised together that Wyndham Clark played as well as he did to get him into contention and then obviously that he won it. So biggest surprises in this U.S. Open, positively or negatively, outside of Wyndham Clark, and then uh, the biggest disappointments as well, which I guess surprises positive, disappointments negative. So think about that. Let's talk about it next. And then I think we need to carve out just an entire discussion on Ricky Fowler, how we feel about it. I mean, Speaking of steps in the right direction, I mean, you got to say it was a step in the right direction for Ricky, and yet it leaves this horrible taste in your mouth to close it that, you know, it's hard for me to shake that part of it off, too, with Ricky Fowler. And then Hoyleg, what, what's next? So we got a lot that we still got to dive into this morning. We're just getting going. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. We're back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Morning, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic start to the weekend, and if you're looking for a little excitement, we've got the perfect solution for you. 
How about the Compliance Solutions Championship? ComplianceSolutionsChampionship.com, where you can purchase tickets for the Corn Ferry Tour event going on right here, golf tournament, Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club, right here in Norman. First uh, of five years, and we are off to a scoring start. There are scores to be had, at least so far in this thing. We're curious if the wind is going to kick up a little bit this afternoon and and maybe uh, tighten these scores up a little bit. But right now, 12 under par, pacing the way. Tim Whiting, Alan Wagner, Davis Chatfield, they are your leaders at 12 under par. But you can come out and see the leaders this afternoon, ComplianceSolutionsChampionship.com, where you can purchase tickets. And the course just looks incredible, Brian. Yeah, and the great thing, fans, out there is that with Corn Ferry, you can get much closer to the players in the PGA Tour event. I mean, this is real access. And 30 of these guys are going to be on the big boy tour next year, right? That's right. And, And we've talked about that. This year, Jackson, and I know we want to get to surprises, disappointments from the the U.S. Open, but we've talked about how some of these names we're watching on the PGA Tour and in these major championships, Jackson, I mean, they're right here. They're growing up on the Corn Ferry Tour. Certainly. Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris, who is out this season with an injury, but we wish him the best. Uh, I mean, Mito Pereira came up that way before he went over from Liv. I mean, it is, it's, it's the biggest staging ground for, for professional sports is going to be the Corn Ferry. These guys coming out here, I mean, it gets them ready. Scotty Scheffler came out, in, I mean, in just a fury winning tournaments off the Corn Ferry Tour. If you haven't gone out there, you, you, and if you want to see the next generation of golfers before they make it big and say, hey, I knew them before they were, they were on the tour, I mean, go out and check it out. It's going to be such a, such a fun time out there at Jimmy Austin today, and you'll get to be up close and personal with all of them. Tim Whiting, by the way, uh, impromptu research. San Francisco Don from Sweden, and we're thinking two more good rounds. He could maybe inch into that uh, history book as the the greatest San Francisco Don alongside Bill Rustle, according to some unofficial research this morning. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, do you, do you recall Bill Russell? Are we old enough for that? I remember Bill Russell. Come on. Okay. Come all right, on. All right. Just checking. Just checking. Okay. So we're basketball start, player. Yes, yeah, we're I know. With, with you, Jackson. Yes. Yeah, basketball player. Good clarification. <laughs> Not the baseball player for the Red Sox. Indeed. <laughs> so, Jackson, biggest surprise other than our winner last week. Okay. And biggest disappointment for you. All right. Biggest surprise for me. Ricky, I mean, Ricky Fowler shooting a 62. That was the attention grabber. I mean, for me, I mean, I was going into this. I didn't know who was going to play well. Quite frankly, I expected Jordan Spieth to go out and perform a lot better at this venue, but he ended up missing the cut. And so I didn't know what to expect. Ricky Fowler goes out and shoots a 62 uh, at this venue. And it's Ricky Fowler. And we know the struggles that he's been having. And all of a sudden, wow, this guy is coming out and he's playing well. And he was there on the front page of the leaderboard for the entire week, which, I mean, that's that's really big. We'll get on to Rory uh, and we'll get on to Ricky as well a little bit later. But, I mean, the biggest – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a hot take here as far as my disappointment goes. The biggest disappointment for me was the actual venue. I don't know about, okay. I don't know about you, but this golf course, I did not like it. It did not feel like a U.S. Open venue to me. I looked at it. The fairways were really, really wide. I thought the approach shots, if you played it smart, were a little bit too easy. I, I didn't feel as much – of a struggle coming off of this, especially Thursday and Friday with all that rain. I mean, if you take a place like Oakmont, which I know is very unique, they got rain in that 20... They got so much rain the day before at Oakmont, and it's still only one at five or six under. And to me, you have to have a place that plays fiery 
for a U.S. Open. For me, Los Angeles didn't strike me. It didn't pop out with fireworks throughout the week. It's felt very benign for a U.S. Open, and I wasn't I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that. Uh, Brian, let's go over to you. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to make Josh go first. We're going Josh. Okay, Josh, let's hear it. What's your uh, surprise and what's your disappointment? Well, I could make an easy argument for Ricky Fowler for both. Surprise, yeah. biggest surprise and biggest disappointment for me. I'm going to table that because we'll have an elongated Ricky Fowler discussion here in a little bit. I was a little bit uh, on the positive side. I was uh, obviously obviously surprised by uh, Wyndham Clark, who is off the board on this deal. Surprised on the negative. I was surprised Shoffley didn't play better after his uh, 62 to open with Fowler. I would have thought that he was going to be a factor the rest of the way. He, he was not. Uh, 73s and 72 over the weekend to close. That was disappointing. Kepka, uh, you know, I would have thought he would have maybe played a little bit better. And then one of the names you mentioned, Jordan Spieth, uh, we, we talked coming into this thing that we thought he'd be a big, big factor in this deal, and he wasn't. Uh, nice little surprise. I don't know if it was a surprise, but Cam Smith closing nicely, I think. That now, as we start pointing to Hoylake, we have to say, okay, Here's somebody that uh, could be a big, big factor. Let's, uh, we got to hit a break. We're right at the top of the hour. Let's keep the surprises and disappointments conversation rolling next. We haven't heard from Brian yet. We'll do a break, though. We're right at the top of the hour. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Hour number two. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside my partners, Brian Vineyard, Jackson Rowbottom, Connor Pasby. What's up, buddy? He's back in studio. We're out here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club inviting you out as well. Get your tickets, compliancesolutionschampionship.com, where suit your fancy, right? You want the, the hospitality tents? We can get you in the hospitality tent. You want inside the ropes? They got them. You want just the general admission, which is you're going to have a blast. You get the general admission tickets today. You come out for round three, round four, today or tomorrow. With GA tickets, you're going to have an awesome time. Doesn't matter. So come on out, Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club for the Compliance Solutions Championship, where we are just underway with round number three. The uh, the leaders, let's see here, teeing off 12:57. Is that what we've got for uh, the leaders going off? It's roughly roughly two hours, so you got so, time to get out here and walk with the leaders. And I would suggest just come on out and, and have lunch and everything out here. But, hey, you've got time to do that elsewhere, too, and uh, and still get out here and catch uh, all of the leaders if you want to. Let's see here. Chris Gotterup uh, made the cut. I'm looking for him on the leaderboard here for us. Ren Gibson also, Oklahoma Christian product. Uh, has joined the show, friend of the show. Been very, very gracious with his time. Gotterup, by the way, is not teed off yet for round three. He will in 15 minutes. So we'll be uh, following the first little bit, Chris Gotterup's round, and keeping you posted on everything going on out here, the Corn Ferry Tour in Norman, Oklahoma, from Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Surprises, disappointments. We, uh, The constraints of the broadcast clock, victorious as always, undefeated. But uh, what did you make from the U.S. Open? Well, I'm going to give multiple answers. That's why I wanted to go last. I, um disappointment i'm going to agree with jackson the golf course was a horrible u.s open venue it's fine if you want to have a pga championship there not a u.s open too much scoring to begin with it, it did show its teeth on saturday well, and sunday it's, it's not it's the course it's uh la is a terrible golf town i mean they don't support it. i mean look what I mean, there's hardly any fans there and i know their members bought up tickets all that. 
I mean, if you're going to be that stuff, you don't host a tournament, right? So that was one of the big disappointments. Because I agree with that. I, I had heard a lot of buildup. I've never played that course. You know, I've played a lot of these, but I haven't played that one. Not not a big fan. I w- I'd be one of those courses I'd play once and go, okay, done, never going to do that again. And it's it's not in the near future, but it's going back there. Yeah, it's like it, in the 2031, 20, I think. Yeah, so right. 20 was, yeah, 2031 is going to Riviera, though. Oh, Riviera. Okay, all right, good. Riviera is a much better venue. Much, um, much better. But disappointment, I was really disappointed that John Rom, who typically plays really well out in California, was not a bigger piece of the equation. I know he, he went five under the last day and kind of got his name on the leaderboard, but he was not nowhere in, a factor in winning that golf tournament. Had to scramble to make the cut. Yeah, and, you know, surprises – I mean, you have to. I mean, Rick to me, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark are too obvious. Yeah. How about Tom Kim? Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, he ends up beating Ricky or tying him. I can't. You know, it was, they it were, felt like he won. Yeah, <laughs> he was. It was actually one shot below. But uh, yeah, and so it's. How about Tom Kim? So that that to me was a huge surprise, and you know, I was surprised also can kind of be construed as a as a, a disappointment that victor hovland didn't play better hmm. what do you make of some of that jackson uh i i definitely agree with both of those points tom tom kim is one of my favorite i mean he, i know he's one on the tour but i mean to me it still feels like he's up and coming uh little known fact about tom kim he was the first person born uh in the year 2000 or later to win on the pga tour tom kim was and so that that's kind of cool for my generation uh, and John Rom, you youngsters, you youngsters. That's right. But John Rom, he did. He got himself a top ten, though. He was quiet. Uh, definitely not a big factor. But I mean, if we're talking late game surprises, though, Tommy Fleetwood shooting a seven under on a very, yeah. very difficult Sunday. That was. I mean, let's talk about surprises there for a second. Tommy Fleetwood has a habit of doing this and coming alive. Uh, on Sunday, unfortunately, he's a little bit out of contention by the yeah, time he the, starts. Yeah, he's the poor man's uh, Rory McIlroy, is what you're saying. Very much. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's your typical Rory deal. It's a backdoor <laughs> top ten. That's right. When you look at it post talk, you're like, oh, he had a great tournament, top ten. You're like, and then he keeps rope doping you into yes. wanting to pick him for a major championship, and he never wins. I know, I know. it's so difficult. But I want to pick Tommy Fleetwood so bad for everything. He, I, I want to go out on a risk and take Tommy Fleetwood as one of my favorites for Hoylake, but I don't know if I'm actually going to do it. I have bought him as a long shot ticket so many times <laughs> in Vegas, and it never <laughs> no, cashes. I know, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, he, it's, they keep saying he's going to win when he's going to win, and then he just, you know, he's always close at Augusta, mm-hmm. and then he typically does play the open fairly well because he, he hits it low and knows how to use all the bump and run it shots. Grew up and, there, so and, 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 you know, so he's got all those. But I just keep getting duped into spending twenty dollars <laughs> you know to buy a ticket on him and Tommy Fleetwood's There's stock a is reason not he's, paying off. He's fifty to one. <laughs> Indeed. Well on that subject, Jackson, are you buying Fleetwood for Hoyleg? Uh, we'll talk about that again at the end of the show. I need to think about that one for. We've got <laughs> another. Doesn't. We've got another fifty minutes left in the show, and I think I'm going to use all of it trying to think about if I'm going to pick Tommy. Or hey, not. something I, I think we really need to talk about is um, we do actually have a PGA tournament this week. I mean, you would hardly know it. Travelers, the Travelers. It's a elevated event that Josh and I were talking off the air. Think all those go away next year. Yeah, yeah, they're done. Um, but it, how's Brooks Kepka doing? 
at the Travelers. I mean, he told us at the press tent he was he would see us at the Travelers, right, Jackson? Uh, I don't remember him saying that, but I don't believe he's in attendance at the Travelers. He is he? not he, he, in attendance, but it was the greatest pull on the reporters. Yeah, it was, and, he was and, trolling and, the reporters. He just totally trolled them. It was <laughs> awesome. That's See awesome. See you guys next week at the Travelers. Yep. And, and yeah, he's not playing. But I didn't uh, think so, but I was like, wait a minute. This is the first I heard of that little that little bit. I didn't realize he said that in the press conference. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, hey, you thought you'd gotten rid of me, but uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a merger, and I'll see you at the Travelers. <laughs> so, it was beautiful. Loved it. And you know what? If you're a fan of an agent of chaos, then you have to be supportive of that. Which, speaking of Brooks Kepka, how, in terms of surprises, disappointments, how disappointing was was Brooks Kepka? I mean, he, look, he just won his fifth major, so that almost gives you like a, a one week hall pass for disappointment, I guess, right? But were you disappointed in Kepka at the U.S. Open? I mean, typically he plays these events well and just never really got into that typical major Kepka groove it didn't feel like well Josh I think Jackson kind of hit the nail on the head with this earlier is yeah I was disappointed but not surprised because when the scores go low he typically that's not his type of U.S. Open when it's around par Brooks Kepka's kind of the guy so that feeds right back into Jackson's narrative this really did not feel or play like a typical U.S. Open venue what uh was it just the scoring on days one and two for you both, Jackson? I mean, what were you most disappointed because the complaints, the critiques about Los Angeles Country Club, you're sort of singing to the choir. That would be the consensus opinion, I think. I wouldn't say that I loved it. There's plenty of other U.S. Opens. I thought it was better than Chambers Bay. Uh, you know, Chambers Bay was kind of ruined by the greens in some ways. So this at least was a legitimately fair test of golf. Where were we talking about a couple of years ago where Mickelson three-putted? I mean, it got sideways over the weekend there. So I wouldn't rank it as the worst. I definitely wouldn't rank it as the best. But uh, so just what were your biggest complaints, I guess, Jackson? Well, first of all, I, I might disagree with you a little bit on the Chambers Bay front. I thought that was a great U.S. Open because we finally got to see them on kind of a kind of a junky on a junky track on a be- well it's a beautiful track they just missed it they didn't have all the water but i thought it was fun that us open at least from a spectator's perspective to watch it definitely got dramatic late with uh, dj you know missing the putt and everything and, and then obviously speeth winning yeah it, but i'll tell you what i would be totally content if we moved the us open out of california for all venues except for pebble beach and riviera I would be totally happy with never going back to California for a U.S. Open because I think there are so many good venues outside of California that don't get the love that they deserve, uh, that deserve to have a major championship on them again. Medina is the one that comes to mind. I've got a soft spot for Medina, but that's a beautiful venue to have it. And it would be really, really good because there's so many different ways you can play it. I didn't feel like they really took the, the, the liberties to make it feel like a U.S. Open at Los Angeles because, well, I, I can't really answer that question. I don't know why, and that's why it was so frustrating, I think, going well, into Jackson, it. Well, Jackson, it feels like the tour, when they have the U.S. Open on the West Coast, feels like it always has to be in California. Yes. Sands, Chambers Bay, right? Which that part was cool with Chambers Bay. I, I mean, there's so many good venues. It doesn't need to be, especially in L.A. L.A. golf fans are awful i agree with that they don't show up no it's horrible it's horrible when you see that and 
You know, Brian, you obviously being a, a Golf Digest panelist as well, how many other golf courses that you have played, particularly on the West Coast, cater themselves to a U.S. Open championship caliber? How many? Man, there's you could pick a lot. Exactly. I mean, there's others in California that aren't in L.A. that would be much better. And I'm sure the fans and would be better, too. Yes, yes. You've got some great venues, too, in Oregon. I mean... Gosh, you know, you know a place that I, you know, Jack's place could be, you know, in Ohio could be a U.S. Open. Absolutely. I mean, did, did that play, did that, the Memorial not feel more like a U.S. Open setup than what L.A. Country Club? It was much more difficult, it seemed like. You had the deep rough, and think about if he made it, okay, U.S. Open rough. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would have been brutal. So. Pinehurst next year. I'm not a huge fan of Pinehurst. I've played it multiple times. Not a huge fan of it. I know, you know. It's got its nostalgia, but I just don't think it's that great a golf course. It's a little bit different type setup, but I just don't think it's that great a golf course. Five times. I know. And, and this is. And Jackson's probably going to disagree with me on that one. But, you know, I just, personal flavor, I just, you know, I don't think number two is even the best course at Pinehurst. Really? Okay. Uh, Jackson, what do you make of that? I, I don't disagree with Brian. I don't think it's the greatest venue i will say it will play tougher than la did if 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 the usj is able to have their way with it i think putting is going to be much higher premium at pinehurst but i i'm i agree it's not my favorite layout uh that they would that they that you could have a u.s open at i really don't think so last time we were at pinehurst martin keimer won 2014 yes sir yeah and fowler was uh was runner up and it was a struggle for everybody, not named Martin Keimer, but he just got off to that amazing start, and nobody uh, nobody could catch him. He just kind of ran away and hit. One-hit wonder. It, indeed. A lot like maybe Wyndham Clark? So let's discuss both Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler in the sense, do we think either or both of those guys will continue to be a force in, let's just say, the majors for the next two years. Let's, I, just, let's constrain it to a time period. I, I love it. Let's take an opening timeout, hour number two, and let's talk about it next. Will they each have staying power in major championships? Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, and let's hear from Ricky Fowler. After uh, another near miss in a major championship, or maybe this one wound up not being that close of a miss, when it was all said and done, felt like it was a near miss going into Sunday. But uh, we'll talk about that next. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Back with you, Gimme Zone. Right here on the ref, Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Jackson Robottom. The weekend is off and rolling. Moving day is off and running from right here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Still time, plenty of time for you to come out and join us. CompliancesolutionsChampionship.com where you can purchase tickets. The leaders, they're not teeing off until 12.57 this afternoon. And Chris Goderup, as we speak, is uh, over there teeing off on number one. So sooner just hitting the course for all of our OU fans out there. Come on down. They're going off 10 today. They're starting off 10. Starting off 10, okay. At At least these guys are, so yeah. Well, at any rate, teeing off as we speak, and that's right here as soon as you walk in, too. So, uh, you know, Tin Tee Box is, uh, is over this way as well. So uh, we're back. It's the Gimme Zone on the, the ref. And the, the question that you posed before we took our TL, Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, these two, 
of the two, or or maybe, you know, I don't know if you're saying, hey, take your pick, or just both, how we digest it over the next couple of years, let's say two, three years, who has staying power in the major championships to, to be more of a factor. Uh, before we share our thoughts, let's hear from Ricky Fowler. Ricky, uh, whoa, 75 in the final round. What happened, Ricky? I just didn't have it today. Um, iron play. You talk to see that final round today. Uh, I just didn't have it today. Um, iron play was was uh, very below average and um, didn't make anything. So uh, that's that's a big thing in majors, especially on a Sunday, making putts and, and kind of keeping it fairly stress free. But um, it was it was kind of the opposite. I was kind of fighting through it all day. Um, felt like I drove it, you know, at least good enough to where you know. Iron play stays how it's been and, and make some putts. It's a little different situation, but um, yeah, being a little off, like I said, with with irons and uh, not making anything. Um, like I said, I just I didn't have it and couldn't get anything going today. Ultimately, came up short. But what are you going to take away from this week? Uh, I was just I was really excited on on how I felt this week, um, how comfortable I felt. Um, to you know go out and, and back up my my first round and continue to play well. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you learn from all your experiences. Um, not the position I, I wanted to be in after today, but um, no, a lot of a lot of good coming from this week, and a lot to react to right there from Ricky Fowler. I'll just tee it up for you, Brian. Bigger uh, staying power over the next couple of years, or just your evaluation on both? I guess. Uh, yeah, you don't have to compare and contrast Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler, but. What do you make of each's staying power over the next two? Well, I'm a huge Ricky fan, so I'm going to preface my comments with that. I, I've got to see him be able to do it in majors again. I think certain courses he might have a chance. I haven't gone through the next three years of courses to see where they're playing. But I personally think Wyndham Clark has a tremendous upside with his game. He's exceptionally long, and it – it showed me a lot that he could get through this and win with all those big names on his heels. And so I've got to say, I expect I expect Wyndham Clark to, to be around and, and be a factor in majors. Whether he wins another win, I don't know, but I expect him to be a factor. What do you say, Jackson? I think you're spot on. Wyndham has such a great game. The only thing I'm concerned about with Wyndham is his swing is very violent, and I'm curious to see how he staves off injuries over the portion of his career. If he if he keeps that type of swing going, I think for longevity, Ricky Fowler's swing is going to cater more uh, to to playing longer and having the potential to stay in contention. As far as it goes right now, I love Wyndham Clark's game. He plays just a beautiful draw naturally, which I think suits a lot of the golf courses, especially coming down the stretch, finishing out. Uh, he's homemade, so he's able to figure stuff out in his game. He doesn't have a swing coach or nothing, so it's all on him. I, I like where Wyndham Clark's head is at, especially after the U.S. Open win. He, he's he got a very bright future. He's climbed up to number 13 in the world now. And you've got a Ryder Cup year coming up, so maybe he's got a little bit of potential. He goes out and plays well at the Ryder Cup. Maybe this guy's here to stay. Who's to say? I'm leaning toward it was a one-hit wonder week with Wyndham Clark until I see more. Uh, he has won twice this year. But uh, for now, until I see him continue that for 
the next year or two years, I'm leaning toward kind of caught lightning in a bottle one week. Don't have that on any sound authority beyond that's just a gut feel. For Ricky Fowler, I'm caught in between early in his career. He obviously was a regular factor in major championships, had won uh, multiple events, uh, most notably the players, of course. And yet, yes, like Ricky said, it was ultimately it was a good week for Ricky Fowler. You, you, you can't say it wasn't. It was a good week because here's Ricky Fowler, someone who, uh, Jackson, as you mentioned earlier, was 180th or worse in the official world golf rankings, and all of a sudden it's, okay, he's not playing major championships. Uh, is he going to stick on the PGA Tour? I mean, is that something that's maybe going to fall into question at some point? So all of that for him to have come back and to have the incredible record-setting opening round alongside Xander Shoffley was, of course, a step in the right direction. To be in the final pairing each of the last couple of days uh, was a big step in the right direction for Ricky. And yet, because it's Ricky Fowler who has the stigma attached to him as this from early on in his career, best to never win a major. And Ricky knows that, and here's his latest, greatest chance to go win a major championship. And Rory McIlroy, I got news for you, didn't play great. He shot even par in the final round. Wyndham Clark is the opposing force in the final pairing for you, and you go drop a 75. I, I hear what he's saying, and I know it's golf. And so the things that I'm, I'm wrestling against are the understanding that, yeah, it's golf, and he did play a bad round. And it really is, I guess, as simple as that. And yet, is it as simple as that? Because it's Ricky Fowler, Brian, and he's not been able to get over the hump of a major championship. I'm leaning toward no on both. Well, I can't disagree with you, Josh. You know, Ricky, I wonder if that – if you told him for the week you're going to finish in the top ten in the U.S. Open, he'd have, he would have said, I'll take it right now. But once you're right there at the cusp of winning – and you fail, does that set him back, or does it motivate him more? I feel like his personal life's in great shape now. I think he, you know, when he was still out dating and you know wasn't married and all that, I think he's he's got a very stable personal life. I'll be interested to see how he rebounds from this heartbreak, essentially, in the next couple of majors. Right? No doubt. And, and I'm, you know. Uh, obviously it gets him in the U.S. Open. He's not going to have to qualify like he did, he tried to do last year. And he's right? a top 50 guy, so he'll be in all the majors now. Yep. So that, that had been in question. I mean, he had, he had missed a good uh, fair share of the majors. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, getting back to Augusta where he's played well, that should help him. So I don't know. I, I'm still not sold. I'm with you. I've got to see more. I, for his sake, I hope so. Oh, I, I think everybody I think wants to see He's a great him. guy. I mean, you, I mean, he took it like a champion in the interview. You know, a lot of guys would not have done that long of an interview or have been, you know, just sour. But no, he took it like a champ. So, I, you know, I give him a lot of credit. So let's talk about travelers. How's that leaderboard? What's that do? What's the leaderboard doing for you, Jackson? At Travelers, uh, call it interesting. I mean, let's go with that. You do have some names there. I mean, elevated event. You've got Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Austin Eckroat's playing well. He's sitting tied tenth right now. Got at, a at got minus a, eight. a birdie to start. Yes, he did. And Keegan Bradley's up there, uh, kind of praying to his putter yesterday, thanking it for its good wishes. 
Uh, Cameron Young, Shane Lowry. So the names are there. They're just not at the top right now. Right now you got Keegan Bradley and Dennis, uh, Denny McCarthy sitting up there at the top. It's, I don't know. This isn't one of my favorite tournaments of the year, Brian. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to lie to you. No, it's one that I, I'm shocked it's an elevated event, quite frankly. I, I mean, it, it's to keep a, an advertiser happy, I know. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a yawner. And this is where that whole setup that Liv was trying to do makes a lot of sense in that they were going to have their events on these, you know, right after a major or was typically not a big highlight or, you know, top event for the PGA Tour. And so, yeah, I, you know, there are some names there. And what McCarthy did is unbelievable, right? I mean. 60 in the opening round. Yeah. That tells me the course isn't playing very hard, Jackson. And, and I, I know McCarthy's widely regarded as the best putter on tour, right? Oh, yeah. Denny McCarthy's an amazing putter. Does not remind me of myself at all. No. <laughs> I am I am the opposite of the best putter in the world. Well, just to backtrack one second real quick here on Fowler and Wyndham Clark, I thought this was, was pretty cool. I mean, it just speaks to what you mentioned, Brian, that a lot of guys maybe wouldn't have sat in the media room as long or wouldn't have. I, I, this is why folks want to see Fowler win because he's such a good guy. And anyways, here's what Fowler had to, said about, had to say about Wyndham Clark afterwards. Uh, I, I felt really good on the range. Warm-up was good. Um, it was it was more, I feel like early in the week, I was getting some, a lot of really good numbers. Um, and I was, I was probably a little bit more in between on some shots out there today um, and just missed some of my lines. Um, I just, I wasn't as tight in hitting my spots. Um, and that was, that was how it was, you know, especially the first two days. Uh, I had a lot of a lot of control and was able to kind of place the ball where I wanted on greens and and today I was just a, a bit off whether it was left right uh, more so than distance control um, and just wasn't able to put the ball in the proper position where I could go be aggressive to make butts. Stay here with Rex. Two if I can, Ricky. You and Wyndham seemed to have a moment after you putted out. What was the exchange there? What'd you tell him? I, I just I told him you know I was congrats and you know proud of him him. You know, being a guy that was at Oklahoma State, um, he obviously didn't finish there. He went to Oregon to finish up, but he's he's still a cowboy. Um, we had we had a good time the last the last two days. Um, you know, I feel like we both enjoy, you know, going out and, and chatting throughout the round and keeping it, you know, fairly try and keep things light. But it's it's still a major in the you know final group the last two days. But um, and then yeah, last you know. I went back in there and just said, you know, your your mom was with you. She'd be, you know, very proud. Pretty cool. I, and I know we haven't really talked about that today, but Wyndham Clark, uh, while he was at Oklahoma State, if you don't know the story, his, his mom passed away while he was at Oklahoma State. And so, again, just a, another example of Ricky's just, just a good guy. Yeah, it created a great feel-good story, too, because you really, you know, he, Wyndham talked about how losing his mom really impacted his life, and he, you know, battled a little bit of depression. Sure. And, you know, he really – so you really want to see a guy overcome that, and you can't be happier for a guy to go out and get what would be the pinnacle of his career, you know, as a U.S. Open. Pretty, uh, pretty cool to see that for Wyndham Clark. Take a T.O. We're rolling along. It's the Gimme Zone. Uh, we could talk a little bit more about the Travelers if you want, uh, and, and then maybe just uh, 
Hey, we got to pick who's going to win the event here. This is going to challenge all of us. Yes. I yes. know Mr. Jackson's our research guy, so I'm going to he's probably going to have the best answer, but we got to pick a winner out here at the Compliance Solutions Open. Yes, and we invite you out as well, CompliancesolutionsChampionship.com, where you can get tickets. We'll run down that leaderboard for you as well, a little bit more on the Travelers and maybe some final takeaways from the U.S. Open. And then picks. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Gimme Zone, we're back with you. Josh Elmer alongside Jackson Rowbottom and Brian Vineyard. Brian and I, we're hanging out this morning at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Come on down the Corn Ferry Tour. It's here, Compliance Solutions Championship. You can get tickets still, compliancesolutionschampionship.com, where it's just about both literally and figuratively, it's just about ready to start heating up a little bit out here at uh, this Compliance Solutions Championship. Leaders set to go off in uh, just about an hour and 15 from right here at Jimmy Austin. So it's it's getting good, as they say. Our man, Mr. Uh, Chris Goderup, is... He is even par today, six under for the championship. He has played one. So just getting going. We need Goddard up. Go low, go low, go low. Yeah, he needs to really go low today if he's going to get back in the mix for sure because I don't know about you guys, and I'll let you comment next, Jackson, but uh, I feel like it's going to take probably 20 to 22 under to win this thing, which I would have never thought they'd shoot that low out here, but we haven't had a lot of wind yet. I was ex- I was explaining to Connor before the show. It's like the, the 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 fact that the scores are this low is absolutely surprising because Brian, you and I were talking a few weeks ago that this course at its toughest can really play difficult. They let that rough grow out and you know tuck some of those pin locations back a little bit. I mean, you could easily have this golf course playing at 5 to 7 under par as the winner. And so the fact that these guys are going out there and they're shooting 9 under par setting course records out there this week how impressive is that? These guys are just really putting on a show. Well, for, for for those that aren't familiar with the Corn Ferry Tour, these guys are really good, by the way. That's fair. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> the uh, the old PGA Tour FedEx Cup slogan, right? These guys are good? Absolutely. Applies here. Uh, the U.S. Open, you mentioned this during the break. One other disappointment we haven't really talked about, and there's two before we get out of here, that I'd like to spend a little more time on in detail. Uh, first off, Justin Thomas. Uh, to to shoot an 81 is, uh, I mean, it's shocking, Jackson. It is, and he'll be the first one to say his game is not in good shape. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but Justin Thomas is going through some kind of struggle. doesn't look like his iron game uh, is, is all that great. I think what he and his dad need to work on um, – he needs to get a little flatter at the top. He is so upright, and that can bring a lot of bad things into play if you're loose with your swing. He the dreaded double cross comes into play, doesn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It is. It is not a fun. It is not a fun time when when you've got that. And so that's he's got some work to do. He's not in a good spot with his game. I don't know if something's going on uh, in his personal life or if he's just in a funk right now. But the fact is, he's not playing well, and an 81 is there to show for it. He. Quite frankly, by his acclamation, really embarrassed himself at, at, at the U.S. Open this year. 81 is embarrassing, Josh, for a professional golfer. I, I, I mean, there's no dodging that. For a two-time major winner, too. Yes. On a course that was yielding a lot of good scores, too. I mean, it's not like it was an open, you know. Well, and it wasn't Sunday when he shot 81. Yeah, some of those years at the open where the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour and multiple guys are shooting 80. 
Not that. So, yeah, I think he's got some work to do upstairs after that one. Uh, he is he is playing better this week. I mean, for take it for what it's worth, worth excuse me, at the uh, Travelers Championship. But now all of a sudden, three under par through the start of his moving day round, and he's moved his way up into the top ten of the board. So I, I don't know if it, uh, you know, maybe he's got things going back in the right direction before Hoylake. Uh, a couple of the other notable names with Travelers, Ricky Fowler playing well again. He's three under par today, eight under for the championship. Let's see, McElroy, I think, uh, was playing well coming into this uh, this moving day. So some of the bigger names over at uh, the Travelers. Our man Austin Eckroat is uh, even par. He's eight under. So you know, Josh, birdied and bogeyed. That guy's just making bank every week. He's it's top, great to see. He's top 20 every week. For a guy that really struggled to get there, I am so impressed with how he's playing this year, and he just seems locked in. Jackson, what do you think? Man, Austin Ekro, I mean, he's somebody that especially Oklahomans are really, really proud of. He's a local product uh, coming out of Oklahoma State by way of uh, Edmund North High School, so a Husky, which, by the way, was my team calling during the high school season, so I'm a little, I've got a little uh, partiality towards that end. I do, uh, I do love seeing Austin Eckrow playing well. It seems like he's getting, man, he's at that anywhere from 5 to 10 under mark pretty consistently. I mean, he's getting top 25s and better just about every week that he's playing. It's really fun to watch. A couple of top 5 finishes, three top 10s, one runner-up. Uh, I'm actually surprised to see this number as low as it is, but he's made 19 of 34 cuts. And uh, this this figure is uh, probably the the best figure of them all. Two point two million dollars in official money uh, so this year. So that's uh, you know not not bad at all. Not bad at all. That'll pay a few bills, Josh. Indeed, I would say he's doing okay. Certainly. The other name I wanted to talk about: U.S. Open disappointments. And, and you mentioned this in uh, your list, Jackson, but we didn't really deep dive it. Jordan Spieth, you were uh, selling us, and I'm not saying, you know, pointing the finger at you, Jackson, but, I mean, a lot of people, I think, thought that Jordan Spieth would be a factor at Los Angeles Country Club, and, man, that just didn't play out that way at all. It didn't, and I can tell you why. His putting stroke right now looks horrible. He looks so uncomfortable over that golf ball, and, yeah, he's making some putts, but I, he, there's nothing about his putting stroke. He looks like he is a mental midget on the putting greens right now. He looks like he's second-guessing. He's fidgeting around all the time. He is not settled into a putt in weeks, which is so weird to see considering how great of a putter he was at the beginning of his career. Brian, am I, am I missing something? or I mean, is he just really, really fidgety at the moment? I agree. He doesn't look comfortable at all putting, and that used to be his strong suit along with his chipping. doesn't look comfortable at all. Um, again, it's it's a whole different pressure, though. Once you've won some majors is to say, we expect you to be there all the time. You know, the first first time or so, it's, it's, a, it's a surprise and a welcome one. But now when you're, ex- when you're expected to do something versus, hey, it's just nice that you mm-hmm. get it, different, different type of pressure, right? I mean, you heard Coach Gasso talk about that, right, with the softball team this year. Big, big win streak, and everybody thought it looked easy or this or that, and she's out there telling you it was more difficult or as difficult as anything before. Yeah, I, seemingly more from what, you know, all the all what Coach Gasso said and several of the girls. Is sure. The pressure to not lose the streak. Yeah, to, to live up to the expectation of, uh, of greatness. Yeah, that's, that's challenging. And maybe Jordan is fighting that quite a bit, right? I mean – He's been stuck on 
on three for some time, and really he was stuck on two for some time before number three. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, being a Longhorn might play into has to. not having it completely right upstairs, right? We uh, we turned to Scotty Scheffler for a response on that. This uh, that, that would be their comeback. <laughs> yes. Well, but though, hold hey, on, hold on a this minute. This weekend, though, yeah, well, hold on a minute. We're talking about the guy. Yeah, Longhorn. Yeah, he's the best in approach to green, uh, tee to green. His putting is one of the worst stats on the PGA Tour right now. His putting is absolutely horrendous, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he's in the bottom 20%. Yeah, How is he so bad there? I have How can no- you be that good at everything else and that bad putting? Especially considering the fact he was so good at putting his, you know, his, his miracle run of four wins, you know? He was so good at that front, especially from mid-range, 10 to 15 feet. I mean, he was just automatic. And now he's, he looks like he's, he's lost the putting stroke completely. So what you're saying is we can't trust the Longhorns. No, we can't trust the Longhorn. Hey, no, we speaking, can't. speaking of, you know you know what's coming next. You know It always happens when these guys struggle to putter. The long putter's coming soon, right? Oh, yep. it's right around the corner, Here baby. comes the arm lock, baby. Here we yep. go. Yep, got to have something. Speaking yep. of right around the corner, we're, we're up against it. We, uh, we'll take one final timeout. Let's make some picks. I, have, I don't think anything in the way of educated picks out here myself. But I'll, I'll, we'll, Old College Try coming your way next. Compliance Solutions Championship where we're hanging out. Wrapping it up next on the Gimme Zone. One final time, we are back. Back with you live. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. We are here today. Compliance Solutions Championship right here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Come on down. It's moving day, baby. Tickets, Compliance Solutions Championship.com. Josh Elmer, Brian Vineyard, and one final time, Jackson Rollbottom. Uh, we got to make picks, So, uh, but before we do, thank you for your time on the show. This is the last episode for you. Tell the people what, uh, you know, what's next for you. Man, it has been awesome. Brian and Josh have given me uh, a really fun time, a really great time here. And what's next for me, I am joining the Navy. I swore in, took my oath yesterday. My dad was able to be there. He's a former naval officer himself, so he was able to actually do the oath uh, in front of me as well, swear me in. And I'm going to be leaving uh, this upcoming week, getting ready to go off to officer candidate school. And it's going to be a long road, uh, but I've had a lot of great opportunities and great times here on the show in Oklahoma. Big shout out to my family for being supportive, my fiance, for especially my fiance, for being so supportive and patient with me through all of this process. So thank you guys very much for the, uh, for the send-off here. I'm, I'm very grateful to everyone here at the KRF family. They've been fantastic. I truly believe the, the best radio show uh, in the metro area, specific, and definitely covering OU sports. I can't thank you guys enough. Well... Appreciate that, and it's been fun getting to do this together. We get a couple more minutes. We wish you the best of luck, my friend. Thank uh, you. And thank you, uh, you know, early thank you on. for your, your service, yes. by the way. Thank, thank you. for your service. Thank you guys very much. Well, and with that, you get the honors. Who do you like to win this thing, Compliance oh. Solutions Championship? Well, I'm going to go with an educated guess here. I've, I've, got a little, uh, I've got a little insight that might sway you or might not sway you. We'll see. I'm going to go with Ricky Castillo sitting there right there at tied fourth. Uh, sitting there at well, 11 under par, one off the lead. He's got the lowest nine holes, I think, uh, for the tournament so far. Round two, he shot 29 on the front nine at Jimmy Austin, including a hole-out eagle at number nine, so he took a two there. And he eagled a very difficult par five at number 13. I think he's got this place really mapped out, really wired down. And so I'm going to go ahead and pick Ricky Castillo to take it home. 
Okay, Brian, what do you got? Well, Ricky Castillo, get... by the way, won last week in Wichita. Yeah, seem, seemingly very hot right now, like our weather. So it'd be easy to go with the guy that's really hot on the course right now, Jean Vanderlaan, not Jean Vanderveld, <laughs> thankfully for him. But I'm going to throw a curveball, and I'm going with Ben Silverman. Ah, the yeah, Canadian. ah, there it is. I like it. One in the Bahamas back in January. I'll go with a, a not quite as recent winner, but the Advent Health Championship winner, Grayson Murray. couple of strokes behind at 900 par to get this thing going in the, the moving day round here. Uh, one in May. So we're all picking folks that have won this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here, fellas? Some lasting thoughts from the U.S. Open? Brian, anything uh, in particular that stands out? Or Jackson, this is kind of, I guess, sort of your, your, Let your Jackson moment. Jackson go. It's his moment. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, as far as the U.S. Open goes, guys, pick a better venue. <laughs> USGA, come on, let's go. Let's get out of L.A. Let's get the fans involved. Get rowdy. Get loud. That's what you're here. Show off the pride of the United States. I'm glad that we've got some players that have been out of it playing well again. Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark breaking through finally, one at the Wells Fargo, and finally the U.S. Open. We're, we're, we're very grateful for a good year of golf, and, hey, best of luck with the uh, live merger coming up down the line as well. What can I say? It's going to be fun. Jackson, thank you for uh, your hard work with us, and best of luck in the future. And that's going to do it for us. For my partners, Jackson Rollbottom, for Brian Vineyard here, for Connor Pasby, we do appreciate you on the ones and twos back in studio everybody come on out compliance solutions championship it's going on today tomorrow they'll finish up right here jimmy austin ou golf club in norman tickets you can still buy them compliance solutions championship.com wyndham clark your u.s open champion did not see that one coming yeah, not not with you next week we're taking the july 4th uh, break but we'll be back the following week so long everybody